There goes that rooster again. All right, welcome to Chicken Space. It's actually my birthday today. And so I'm thinking about miracles. One of the miracles here in Eastern Washington is water. And because of that, we have our orchards and uh, apples and cherries. And it's the only reason I can have my chickens that there's irrigation water. So I've been getting that ready for where we're gonna move our chickens to. And today I'm gonna install some sprinklers and uh, faucets and a big day for me, kind of a present and other miracles. Um, I read a poem this week by St. Francis of Assisi that just won't go out of my mind. So I wanna share that and some reflections on the gift of life and wonder. Will you hold me like the days will never end? I know it's a hard road. All right, thanks for joining me at Chicken Space today. I'm really happy to be sharing. It's actually my birthday. Today I turned 58 years old. And uh, today, Ann and I just joined the uh, long tradition of irrigation here in Eastern Washington. Actually, around the world, in the world of agriculture, we just set up three sprinklers. We're waiting for the glue to dry on the PVC so we can try them out. And uh, it'll be like restoring or changing the irrigation here on this cherry orchard that we're converting uh, to be able to use for chickens. So it's supposed to get up to 90 degrees today. It doesn't feel like it's going to get that hot. Um, but anyway, it'll be nice to stand under those sprinklers and have the water spraying. So that'll be in a little bit. Um, birthday today. I just wanted to spend my time thinking about miracles. And uh, a friend gave me a book uh, recently with the wonderful title, Love Poems from God. And uh, one from St. Francis of Assisi uh, has just stuck in my mind. So I'll start with that. I'll read it. I'll get back to it in a little while. Um, share some things today that I hope, um, well, just, uh, just let me and maybe you be in the presence of the miracle of life. So this one was called One I Return from Nome. So apparently uh, St. Francis of Assisi had had to go to Nome and um, some meetings or whatever. And of course, people were very interested in, you know, like what all happened. So here it is. When I return from Nome, a bird took flight and a flower in a field whistled at me as I passed. I drank from a stream of clear water, and at night the sky untied her hair, and I fell asleep, clutching a tress of gods. And here's the part I couldn't forget. When I returned from Rome, all said, tell us the great news. And with great excitement, I did. A flower in a field whistled, and at night the sky untied her hair, and I fell asleep, clutching a sacred tress. So St. Francis is pretty famous for birds landing in his shoulders and things like that, but but I just love how this poem was like, probably everybody's expecting like the details of some new political or economic or arrangement for wherever it was he was living way back in that time, hundreds of years ago. And what does he bring back? He brings back just that he was just like struck down by the wonder, by the miracle of life. A bird took flight and he was, he was just completely stopped in wonder and in awe. And uh, what, what a great, just what a great vision 
that that's what there is to report, to be so struck by that, that that's what there is to tell. That's the important thing. So um, the book here is given to me by uh, someone who I did a lot of ice with, <clears throat> someone who actually helped me with the chicken farm for a while, and uh, somebody who, when, when she came to me and I started just asking, like, what's going on, her, her definition of herself was, I am a broken person uh, because of the traumatic experiences of the childhood and the experiences of her life. Her self-definition at the core of it was, I am a broken person. And uh, what she said to me when she gave me this book was, you know, before I worked with you, before I learned how to use the ice method and before I read The River of Life and before we talked about what source is and what infinity is and what living in the midst of all of that can be like <clears throat> here in this finite life that we have, she said, I never got these poems. I never, I never could grasp what they were about. She said, now I read them in a different way. And for me, that was such a, just such a wonderful um, affirmation of the ice method. And really, it's been my own experience of life over the last six or seven years using memory reconsolidation, the ice method, um, having spiritual awareness open up for me in a new way, even though I spent four years in seminary and seven years after that pastoring a church. Um, so for her to to share that the, she was having the same experience. Uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful thing for me. And in fact, like I'm currently reading uh, through this book, there's 12 different uh, uh, masters of life that are writing here, and they're all from like the Middle Ages and stuff like that. There's Meister Eckhart, St. Thomas Aquinas, Hafiz Kabir, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Catherine of Siena. St. Francis of Assisi and some more. These people who got, who were just stopped by the miracle of God, stopped by the miracle of life. And life and God are the same thing. And they write over and over that they are God and God is them. And you know, that was something I never, I never heard in seminary. That God is us, we are God, I am God, God is me. The infinite resides in me, and I am infinite. The infinite resides in finitude. We always wanted to make such a distinction between God and humanity. And um, it's really very, very nice to, to be reading this book and People like St. Tom Thomas Aquinas, we, we studied him as, as a great theologian of the church back when I was in seminary. Um, but always or never was it about this unity between the finite experience that we have as human beings living this life on earth and the infinity of all that is. I am God, God is me. could never have said that. <clears throat> From the pulpit in the way that um, I was trained. And how did that open up for this person who gave me the book? You know, this person who said, 
I'm a broken person to now a person who can read these things and, and recognize them. All right, so here's, here's a poem like that, you know, can bring up this question of like, how can you go from this place of self-understanding, I am broken, to this self-understanding of like, wow, this is, this is the way life is. So this one's by Rumi. If you put your hands on this oar with me, they will never harm another. And they will come to find they hold everything you want. If you put your hands on this oar with me, they would no longer lift anything to your mouth that might wound your precious land, that sacred earth that is your body. If you put your soul against this oar with me, the power that made the universe will enter your sinew from a source not outside your limbs, but from a holy realm that lives in us. Like, how do you come to see, to know, to feel that, ah, Rumi's speaking the truth here. He goes on, exuberant is existence, time a husk. When the moment cracks open, ecstasy leaps out and devours space. Love goes mad with the blessings, like my words give. Why lay yourself on the torturer's rack of the past and the future? The mind that tries to shape tomorrow beyond its capacities will find no rest. Be kind to yourself, dear, to our innocent follies. Forget any sounds or touch you knew that did not help you dance. You will come to see that all evolves us. How do you go from that place of anger and fear and sadness and regret and hopelessness? How do you go to that place where you will come to see that all evolves us? Everything is in the miracle. And he finishes this poem, if you put your heart against the earth with me, in serving every creature, our beloved will enter you from our sacred realm. And we, we, will, be, we will be so happy. Oh, I love that poem. And so many others in this book. And, and uh, just like who, who this book came from and how it came to life for her and how now like I'm devouring I'm devouring this book because um, it, it reflects so much of the experience that I feel like I've journeyed on these last five, six, seven years with the ice method and with the river of life and I think one of the I mean I just want to spend the day with Miracle today and just be in it because it's my birthday but one of the miracles for me is being able to be involved in this work where I, where I get to see people going from that place of uh, without hope to a place of um, the awareness of source and the awareness that actually we're all source. We have these finite lives, but there's no escaping our infinity. So in this, in this book... Like these famous people, this Daniel Ladinsky who, who put this work together, many of these people had 
um, very profound spiritual experiences in their youth and it shaped their life. And so they seem special, like Jesus seemed special, right? Different from us. And in fact, our theology, the Christian theology makes Jesus typically, not always, but typically makes Jesus different from us. And um, when you read these poets, they seem different from the typical us. And it's part of why I'm so excited about this ICE method and memory reconsolidation, because I didn't have any of those profound experiences that shifted my life from uh, this finitude, this, uh, you know, figuring out irrigation kind of life to, um, to sort of an appreciation of infinity. I didn't have those as a kid. You read about them. You read about them um, from lots of people if you start to look into it. But I didn't have that. So how did I, and how did this person who gave me the book, and how did other people I work with come to um, be aware, oh, you know what? I am infinity. I am source. I am human. I am God. I am uh, both the limitation and the unlimited. And rather than a breaking in profound experience to sort of this everyday world, um, my own journey and the journey that I share with others and, and that um, they can do for themselves is, is much more routine, much more, more rote. It's as simple, actually, as noticing the space between you and the next object in your attention. And I've, I've made videos about this, I've written books about this, I've talked about this, I've shared about it. And it's a total delight, a miracle, when someone gives me a book back and says, yep, I get this now. And a piece of me is like, why, don't, why can't I just share this so everybody gets it? But I, I wonder if like these people who were doing this writing hundreds and hundreds of years ago maybe thought the same thing too. Like, why is it I can't write it such that everybody just gets this thing? But this thing I have to share, for me, I think it's like the miracle of my life. Is that in the beginning of the ice method, um, I read and discovered that you can shift your attention from something to nothing. In the Eastern traditions, um, read of this one simple way it changed my life. That there's a space between everything. And if you just bring your attention to the space, then you move into a place of not reacting to the things. Instead, you're reacting to the space. There's nothing in it. You're reacting to nothing. Physiologically, what happens is our stress response turns off because our stress response can only be on in response to something. So when we're responding to nothing, it turns off. So that's what happens physiologically. Memory reconsolidation then lets us um, shift and transfer this, this calm into previously stored upsets. Why? Because we can, we can um, activate, unglue, make labile is a technical term, those previously stored upsets. 
and we can shift them. We can literally replace the neurochemistry in the neural networks of those memories. And what I found in my experience was simply the process of doing this, the process of of bringing calm to the stored upsets of the past, the natural result was that there was more and more spaciousness in my life. There was more and more of the experience of my life that was coming from calm instead of from reactivity. So in a little while, like I said, we're going to go test these sprinklers. We're going to test three of them instead of four of them because I did another stupid thing. I do so many stupid things out here in the farm. It's like I shouldn't even be allowed out here. But I was putting in the stake that uh, would hold the sprinklers in place when we turn them on so they don't wiggle all over. And I put that stake too close to the pipe, uh, the feeding water line that's two feet underground, and I broke it. So now, instead of just setting this thing up, I'm going to have to go back and repair that and do all those things. But the thing was, I didn't, I didn't get angry like I would have some years ago. I didn't get frustrated. I didn't immediately start to think of how much time this was going to take and, you know, all those kinds of things. It's just like it happened. And as the, the dirt that was down there turned from, uh, from dry to muddy, as the water started to perk up through that pipe um, you know I was able to continue to see the space it's not that I don't get angry or fearful or upset in my life anymore but it happens so much less than it used to and in those places where an upset still arises um, this tool of memory reconsolidation this, this technique of the ice method is for me uh, a guaranteed technique if a person wants to for removing the upset from our, the experience of our lives. And the natural result is that we have more and more of the real estate of the space of the interior of our life that holds the experience of non-reactivity, that holds the experience of non-attachment. And for this person who had had the experience of brokenness as I mentioned, there was a lot of trauma in her childhood. A lot of difficult experiences in her life. And yes, we were talking about source and infinity. And, and she would say, I want that more than anything. And then it you know, help her to be in this non-reactive space between the two points. Or move into that in various different ways as, as we worked. And she would have that sense and, Two days later, she'd call me in complete anger or frustration or sadness or fear. Oh, I'll never get this. Said, Do you want this? She says, I want it more than anything. I said, what's the upset? And she would let me know. And in the identifying of that, it was activated. I said, now pay attention to me for a minute. I want you to find something in that room you're sitting in. I want you to look at it. And in the looking at it, because she was willing to follow that invitation. Difficult to do on our own, right, in the moment. It's my hope that these podcasts, you know, when you're upset, if, if you want that calm like this person did, you'll come back and you'll, you'll listen and you'll follow and you'll do them. Do yourself back to calm.
do yourself back to reconsolidating stored upsets. But anyway, if you looked at that point, I said, see it? Yep. Okay. So your attention is on that. A thousand different chemical reactions happened in your body when you shifted your attention from the thing you were angry about to this thing that's just a thing on the wall. Okay. Choose a second point. She humored me and did that. All right. Imagine the space between. How does that feel? I asked. It's getting there, she said. Because after doing it enough, you get familiar with the state of calm. And eventually, it becomes the place you operate from, with exceptions, into anger, fear, and sadness. But it becomes like your default. My old defaults were anger. And after anger went away, I realized, oh my gosh, I had this deep default of sadness in my life. Mostly now, I operate out of this calm. I told you in the last podcast and the one before, there's three steps to this ICE method. ICE are the letters of those three steps. The first one is to identify. I asked her what was going on. She told me. Told me what she was angry about, where she felt it in her body. The second step is calm. Looking out to that space that has nothing in it between two points. And then the third step, okay, go back. Go back into that anger that you were telling me about. Go back into that experience and notice what you notice now. And of course, she didn't want to do that, even though she'd done this process many, many times. Like, why go back to that? I feel better now. Well, the reason you go back is you, could t- you take the betterness into the stored, the stored upset. And if it's activated, and if you're bringing the betterness back to it, the betterness replaces it. This how it happens on a neurochemical, neurobiological level that scientists understand something about, but not all the details. But I can tell you that in the practice of doing it, it works every time. If you don't have the experience of reconsolidation, it's because one of the three steps didn't happen. Either you didn't identify the upset, or you didn't get out to calm, or most commonly, you don't go back to the upset because you're feeling better. Once you feel better, go have an ice cream, right? Get on with life. No, take yourself back to this experience of upset. And you bring the betterness into the upset. You bring the calm. You bring the peace. You bring that which can open up to the sense of infinity back into the upset. And infinity replaces that stored finitude. The awareness of infinity replaces that stored finitude. And you realize, oh, the finite can only be infinite. I mean, all those things just sort of arise over time. The awareness of infinity is not something we put together. The awareness of infinity is the removal of the distractions, of the upsets, of the enticements, the entertainments, the hopes, the dreams. It's the removal of those. Those attractions for our attention. So that when our attention moves to a place of having nothing that it needs to pay attention to in that space. 
what can arise, at least it did for me, it did for the person who gave me this book, it has for a number of other people that I've worked with. What arises is, ah, the sense, the awareness of infinity. From the narrow horizons of our restricted attention on things like irrigation to the awareness of the vast horizons, wide infinities of life. So this is kind of like the simpleton's method for, for increasing our awareness, right? Not that dramatic, huge, great inbreaking of, of uh, a God awareness that shifts our life forever. It could be that, but really it's just like, oh, what's in the way right now? What's in the way of the space? If there's an upset of anger or fear or sadness, well, you can reconsolidate that so that's no longer in the way. And then what do you do after that? Well, you pay attention to what's the next thing that shows up that gets in the way of your awareness of the space. Can you operate from space? Can you have a daily life from space? I pretty much do. You can still have a day where you do things and where you pursue goals and you're just paying attention. Are you in the awareness of infinity of the space? Or is your awareness, <clears throat> you know, ratcheted down to some anger or fear or sadness or really some, uh, some dream um, that is a particular dream that takes you out of the awareness of infinity? It's not like you can't have dreams, but you have them in the context of infinity or are they related to some anger or fear or sadness to alleviate those kinds of things so I worked with this person for a number of months actually on and off and then she gave me this book she had moved into the awareness of source all right I found that poem it's called if someone cried in heaven and uh like this is a poem that you know if you're not if you're not sitting in that awareness of infinity um it seems cruel and if you sit in that awareness of infinity um you you get the laughter of the poem and it's very short if you cried in heaven everyone would laugh. That alone sounds so cruel. But I invite you to find those two points and find the space and find the calm, the awareness of infinity and listen to the next line, the last line of this poem. It goes, if you cried in heaven, everyone would laugh. For they would know you were just kidding. If you cried in heaven, everyone would laugh, or they would know you were just kidding. And so this person I'd been working with, she she would have resisted and rebelled and just like uh, been quite upset with this poem. And then she gives me the book and says, uh, I get these poems now. Infinity holds the finite. Infinity always holds life 
So the idea that it's just kidding, it's just that it's held in a larger thing, a larger theme, a larger container, an infinite container. And something amazing about life, we can put our attention into this finitude, we can restrict it down so much that I could have been super upset by being a dummy with the irrigation today, right? How many times am I a dummy, right? I told you the chainsaw story, all those things, right? Right, I could just be upset. Or I could be really proud when I'm victorious about something. Or I could be really worried when I found out my chickens have a disease. Right? You know, all those kinds of things, right? But between myself, and I'm actually able to see those sprinklers that we installed, they look so beautiful, there's a space. There's a space between me and that first one, and then out further in the line, there's a second one, there's a space there. And, uh, you know, I told you, it's one of the reasons I love doing these podcasts, because it's like, hey, can't help seeing the space when I'm talking about this stuff. And it makes all the difference. So, if someone cried in heaven, if you cried in heaven, they would laugh, because they would know you were just kidding. They would know that your attention was just here in this realm and stuck in this realm. It doesn't mean laughter in any sort of a mean way. It just means like, oh. You know, it's like, oh. You know, if you're in heaven, if you're in infinity, well, then your awareness is in infinity. And not over there on that, I can also see the irrigation piece that I busted. And there's a space between me and that one, just like the one that we got together right today. All right, so there's one more poem here I want to read, and then I think Anna and I are going to go try out this irrigation, go stand into the water. Oh, did you know that every single irrigated society in the history of the world has failed, starting with the Romans? The enduring societies, the ones that lasted for thousands and thousands of years, the hunting-gathering traditions, they didn't have irrigation because they weren't growing things. They were just collecting things from the infinity of nature and so they lived in that awe and that grace and that interaction and here i am so excited about irrigation but that's going to be another podcast today is all about the miracle and it's a miracle the water being pumped up from down there in lake chelan elevation 1100 feet 900 feet up to our 2000 foot elevation orchard 60 pounds of pressure the glue is dried glue it can glue um, pvc piping even when it's wet, that's all dried up now. If everything goes right, turn on the valve, get the pressure, get the sprinkler going, and we're that much closer to having chickens up here. Oh, my gosh. Well, anything. Anyway, what I wanted to read you was this poem on page 340. And then I'm going to check out for a while while we just start the sprinklers, and I'll let you know how that's going. So here's that poem. This one's even shorter than the last one. I am looking for a poem that says everything with a capital E. I am looking for a poem that says everything so I don't have to write anymore. All right, so they must have wondered the same thing as folks that were trying to share this awareness of source. How do I, how do I find the words for everything? 
here in the middle of finitude, and you realize, oh my gosh, it's just incredible. Infinity, God, source, the space, whatever you want to call it, must have an interest in this finitude. Out of all the infinities, there must just be this, this incredible interest infinitude such that it can exist PVC pipes wet and dry PVC glue water pressure coming up from Lake Chelan you know that in the height of summer 60 million gallons a day are pumped out of that lake to irrigate the apple orchards the cherry orchards and our little chicken farm but because we have irrigation from the from the reclamation district we're actually allowed to have three feet of water all over um, our irrigated land here during the summer. And the natural water we get here in this area between 10 and 14 inches, what a miracle. But we can grow crops and chickens and cherries, apples all summer long. It's our birthday today, living in the miracle. So I'm gonna check out here for a minute. Actually, I'll turn it on while we're checking out irrigation maybe otherwise i'll tell you about it afterwards it's gonna be pretty exciting on this nice warm day turn on some sprinklers back in a bit all right so i went over to those sprinklers and they do work but the sound recording that i made did not work and kent who's helping me with putting these podcasts together now has a sound engineer and the sound engineer said you need to re-record that and it's not my birthday anymore and it's not the first time that those uh, sprinklers would be turned on, and instead of faking it, I thought I'd just um, let you know they worked well, and I'm re-recording that little session there. Um, very nice to have spent an afternoon uh, the other day on my birthday thinking about miracles, thinking about the miracle of life, and now a few days later as they uh, put that together to, to publish it, um, to be reminded about the miracle of life. So I thought I'd close uh, with this poem. And it's one, one of the ones in this book, again, Love Poems from God, and this is by Rumi, and the title of it is, Hate. The grass beneath the tree is content and silent. A squirrel holds an acorn in its praying hands, offering thanks, it looks like. The nut tastes sweet. I bet the prayer spiced it up somehow. The broken shells fall on the grass, and the grass looks up and says, hey. And the squirrel looks down and says, hey. I have been saying hey lately, too, to God. Formalities just weren't working. All right. Blessings for life in the middle of the miracle. Thanks for the chance to spend time with you today, and all the best wishes till hopefully I get to visit with you again soon. Bye-bye. Right, thanks for joining me today with uh, Chicken Space on my birthday and just uh, spending time with the miracles of life. Sharing from the book Love Poems of God, sharing um, about the ice method and the way it's helped me to be connected to that miracle of life. Uh, the miracle of irrigation and getting our first sprinklers uh, going today and you got to hear that sound as they turned on and it was the first uh, spinning of, of water on this land since we sort of took it over and, and are getting it cleared and ready for the happy hands. If you want more information about the ICE Method or about the book, The River of Life, go to theicemethod.com. 
And if you want to know more about the happy heads, go to manyspokes.com. All right. Good wishes. See you next time on Chicken Space. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. I know it's a hard road that I'm going. And it's a hard road.